And we are super psyched to welcome our newest sponsor, Thunder Road Guitars. Thunder Road Guitars is the Pacific Northwest best source for premium, new, used, and vintage guitars, amplifiers, and pedals. Online or in their Seattle, that's West Seattle, or Portland stores. You'll find fantastic customer service and a terrific vibe. I know because I'm in there a lot. Grab a cup of coffee, swing on in, don't spill your coffee, and check it all out. And now if you use code TOURSTORIES10, you can get 10% off at thunderroadguitars.com. Yes, that's me playing guitar. Hello, big news from our friends over at DistroKid. They now have an app. This app works on iOS and Android, of course, and it's available in the Apple Store and Google Play Stores and all the stores where you buy apps. Go check it out. It's got a lot of cool features. You can upload new releases. You can get notified when you've earned royalties. Awesome. You can withdraw from the app via push notifications. A little dangerous for me, but rad. Anyways, go check it out. It's all at distrokid.com app. And don't forget, you can still get 30% off your DistroKid account by going to distrokid.com VIP slash tour stories. Have a great one. We continue to celebrate our friends and partners over at Isotope, and we got some big news for you. The gold standard of audio repair, RX11, is coming in May. In the meantime, you can buy RX10 now on sale and get RX11 absolutely free when it's released. Tour Story listeners get 10% off by using code FRET10. That's F-R-E-T-1-0. All at isotope.com. That's I-Z-O-T-O-P-E dot com. Hello, Tour Story listeners. Thank you for your continued support, and welcome to Season 4. I'd like to take a second to thank our friends and sponsors over at Isotope. Here at Ruinous, Chris and I rely heavily on easy-to-use tools like RX and Ozone for all of our audio repair, mixing, and mastering. Now, Tour Story listeners can get 10% off Isotope plugins or try Music Production Suite Pro for free for 30 days using code FRET10. That's F-R-E-T-1-0. To get your discount and check out all of their easy-to-use products, go to isotope.com slash ruinous. That's I-Z-O-T-O-P-E dot com slash ruinous. And use code FRET10. And thank you for listening. Hey, Buzz. Hey, how are you? Good, how are you doing? I'm okay. These trying times, it's all right. Yeah, where are you? I am in Los Angeles, where I live. So I'm in Los Angeles, where you live. Uh, but we're uh, talking on the internet nonetheless. I know. Isn't that strange? <laughs> <laughs> the last time we talked, I, I did go to your studio. You did, yeah. yeah. That was fun. That was great. I can't remember what we were recording. I don't know A what tour we story. No, no, I mean, why we were at the studio, you know? Oh. I don't I remember. I not remember either. I think that might have been a day before Matt Cameron was coming in, if that... Could be, I don't know. Yeah. We're always recording something. Yeah, so, um, well, for starters, the Los Angeles area, how do you feel about the COVID situation down here? Do you feel like it's safer? I don't know. Improving? I, just, I, I don't know. I mean, I've been trying to follow the rules, 
as best as possible. Um, me and my wife Mackie don't. We're not. Um, we're not uh, uh, out there protesting against masks or anything like that. We just have been trying to social distance and what we consider to be safe and wearing a mask and sanitizing our hands. And so far, so good. Yeah. We have been vaccinated, which I think is a, a good thing. It seems like the vaccines are working, I guess, you know. But I don't know. As far as it being safe, I don't know. You know, uh, this is definitely the longest period of time in 30-plus years that I haven't played a live show, you know. It's insane. It's it's weird. Yeah, it's get, it seems like, I mean, I'm playing shows now, thankfully, and it's going pretty good. But I thought maybe four months ago when I knew I was going to be at least attempting to play shows that it was going to feel more normal, but it's actually starting to feel weirder. Why is that? I think it's because I had an expectation that things were just going to go back to normal. But there's a lot of variables now when you travel around and play shows. And a lot of emotions, I think, attached to it. What do you mean? Just, you know, being able to play shows is one thing, and it's great. But for me, I, I'm wondering if I should be out here doing this, if I'm part of the problem or if I'm maybe part of the solution of the guinea pig getting us back on the road, you know? I thought I was just going to be a moron and go play drums again live in front of people without thinking about anything. Well, at least you're making some money. That's good. Yeah. But as far as people being safe, I don't know. I have no idea. I mean, you guys are mostly playing amphitheaters, right? Yeah. That's going to run out soon as soon as the weather hits, gets I shitty. Know. That'll be that'll be the end of that. You know, then it'll be how will we do on the indoor thing? Yeah. You we know? did a few well, indoors where people were masked that was the the policy at the door and another sh smaller show i think in north carolina where people showed proof of vaccination yeah you know i don't know we're we're definitely not at the level melvin's are definitely not at the level of going out and playing big amphitheaters no chance you well know? yeah well we were opening for kings of leon so <laughs> anyways this opportunity you know and this is a i guess the best opportunity for us to go out maybe safe-ish and be outside. They have a very strict protocol. We go through, a, we take our temperatures every day and send them a checklist. There's like 80 people on this tour, so. Now, is it a, a oral or anal temperature taking? <laughs> Forehead. So that is, um, what is that? X, X oral, <laughs> external. <laughs> uh, 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 your temperature taken every day. I, yeah, I mean, maybe all that stuff works. I don't know. All I know is that I've been following the rules to some degree. Yeah. As far as like as best to my best of my ability, and um, I haven't gotten any kind of sick in eighteen months. So something's working. Something's you know I don't know what, but it's I haven't even had so much as a cold. So. Oh man, the cold is scary. I have I got a cold this summer. I have a seven year old child who got a cold, and uh, it's it's just that first feeling. It's like oh, all right, I got it. I finally got it. You get tested, you don't have it. Yeah, I haven't even had a cold. So, um, well, so I'm kind of into. And now I got other people that are going. Well, if you don't get any colds, then it's just going to make it worse. I said, what? You can't win, no matter what you do. No, you can't. <laughs> so I was like, okay, so I should. Try to not get sick, but then not getting sick is actually bad for me. Right. <laughs> okay. You know, it's a heads I win, tails you lose. <laughs> yeah, we need to figure out how cockroaches do it. Then we'll survive. I don't know. Maybe, but I don't want to live like a cockroach. If that's what I have to do, then no thanks. You know. Yeah. Um, but, uh, uh, well, I'm glad you're out there doing it. That's good. 
Um, we have uh, one show in Chicago coming up in October, mm-hmm. and uh, that's a fly-in show. That'll be the first thing we've done in since February of uh, a year ago, February. And then we uh, just recently announced part of a U.S. tour with Ministry starting in March. So that'll be the first thing we actually do where we go out. Because, I mean, we're going to go play one show. If I get sick at the one show, it's not like I have to cancel anything else. But we're not in a position where we could go out and, oh, we're sick. Now let's just sit for 10 days somewhere. You know, I can't make that work. There's no way. So we'll see. I mean, it's, what, five months from now? We'll see if it, we'll see if it works or not. I have no idea. Yeah. I don't like to rely on hope. But I did hear some reports that our vaccination levels are close to 80% and the non-vaccinated people are either dying or have antibody immunity. So it seems like the numbers got to decrease the numbers of infection, but well, I'm certainly no expert when it comes to this kind of thing, you know, but since this thing has started, I've certainly done a looked up at, you know, pandemics and and it always looks even without a vaccine. It's two years, two years minimum before things get back to normal. So that's probably what we're going to be looking at roughly, I would guess at this point, two years. So that would put us at about the time we go out with ministry. Maybe I'll be a little better then. Um, And then um, we'll take it from there. That's it. So we'll see what happens. In the meantime, we uh, have done a, we had an album come out in February last year or this year uh, with the Melvin's 1983 called Working With God. That, and and we have a new one coming out, uh, Five-Legged Dog, which is a four-album acoustic record of us doing some covers and a bunch of Melvin songs. And we've recorded a lot of other stuff as well. So we've had a lot of time to do that. And we did a, a, we did a three and a half um, online shows, you know. Melvin's TV. Yes, we did those two. So it wasn't like we just sat on our ass, you know? Yeah, no. You you guys historically have a uh, actively are putting something out there. Um, I am how, all, constantly doing something. It's yeah. It's never ending. You know, and that's the way it's been for 30 plus years. You know? Yeah. I love the Melvin's TV. How, how, yeah. how was that experience? I was, I was making it was, I mean, it's, it's difficult. You got to film it. We did the green screen in, in, in our rehearsal studio where we mm-hmm. also record stuff. So we had all the recording equipment was there. And uh, we did it live, obviously, and the best of, to the best of our ability. Um, we had to mask up because there was no such thing as a vaccine when we recorded those. Mm-hmm. Um, at least not for us. <laughs> you know? Yeah, mean, right, right. Um, we weren't getting anybody. Was, nobody was handing us vaccines at that point. So we did them all with masks, but that worked fine. I didn't have any problem with that. I mean, um, and it was a lot of fun. I mean, I, I, I like film stuff a lot. I like making that kind of stuff. I love photography myself. I love coming up with that kind of thing. I um, love street photography. I don't know how good a, I would be in a studio, but I certainly love taking pictures. So, and I have for a long time. So yeah, I kind of have uh, an eye for it. You, you do have an eye for it. I see it on Instagram. Yes. Yeah. And Instagram, my Instagram account's the first social media account I've ever had. And it's solely to show off my photography, not pictures, the pictures that I take, not pictures of me, you know? Yeah, that was, I think that's the, uh, the origin of Instagram, I think. I mean, that's a, certainly what attracted me to it when it, when it first came into yeah. my orbit. Yeah, I've never been on Facebook or MySpace or any, I've never done any of those things. I could never, or Twitter. They always reminded me of something which was a waste of time. 
<laughs> you know, but Instagram, I'm like, well, I, I wouldn't, you know, I've taken pictures for a long time. I have a lot of pictures and it might be cool to show people some other side of stuff that I do. So my bandmates are have just, they just have to get used to me taking pictures of them all the time on tour. They have to, there's just nothing they can do, you know? Were you also shooting a lot of pictures over the quote unquote break that we've had? Oh yeah. I take pictures all the time. I probably, not every single day, but I take some kind of picture, you know, weekly. I take tons of pictures all the time. Yeah. always looking for good stuff on tour. My eye is just constantly, I'm a street photographer. Basically I'm, my eye is constantly looking for something that would be a good picture. Right. All the time, all the time. And so you take hundreds of pictures and, and you find a couple good ones. And then I spend a lot of my downtime on tour, um, going through my pictures and finding ones I like and playing around with them and stuff like that. And uh, I love black and white photography. We also take color pictures, but uh, black and white's what, really what speaks to me the most. Yeah. And is it, I'm assuming, all always digital? It's all digital because I, I always loved taking pictures since I was a little kid. But I could, you know, honestly never afford it. I could never afford to get, you know, mass amounts of pictures developed and film is expensive. And, and so I would take some pictures and I always had a fascination with cameras and stuff like that, but I could never afford expensive cameras or anything like that. And then with the advent of digital, the whole world was opened up to me. I was like, I can do, take as many pictures as I want. I can just throw out the stuff I don't like. And, uh, I can take pictures with my phone. I can take pictures with my cameras. And as time went on, I got, uh, to the position where I could actually buy a couple of cool cameras, but I never wanted big cameras. I don't like giant cameras with huge lenses. I want little cameras, little fixed lens cameras mm -hmm. that I take pictures with like that. I have no interest in, you know, um, going to a game and photographing sports guys doing, you know, up close with some gigantic lens or right. trying to go out and take a picture of an owl in the, in, in his nest. I want a little camera that I can have with me at all times and just whip it out at any time and take a quick picture and then mess around with them from there. You know, whether it's a phone, I mean, my wife, my wife, Mackie's a graphic designer and, and mm -hmm. her ideas about that kind of stuff and how art works has really helped my photography, how, how to frame it, what to look for. And her thing has always been, I don't care how you take a picture if it's good. You know, people get caught, especially seeing on this Instagram, well, how did you take this picture? I always answer it with the camera. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean, how did I take it? You know, like, is that some, some, there's there is some more legitimate way than this good picture you're looking at right now? Well, is it film or is this picture uh, digital? I go, well, you're looking at it on the internet. It's digital. It has to right. be. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing else it could be. It doesn't look good on your on your computer. Well, then just be happy with that. You know, so I, people just it just it's just so weird to me. It's like I'm friends with people that are professional photographers, and I'll ask them. I go, you know, if you could, if you'd have given Man Ray the same stuff they have now, how much better would his pictures have been? And they're like, minimally, you know, it's not the it's 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 the Indian, not the Arrow. You know, I firmly believe that. And, and I think people get caught up on this thing. Well, it's not a real picture. You can't take a good picture with an iPhone. It's like, bullshit, you can't. You can take yeah. a great picture with an iPhone. I go, I don't know about that, but I can guarantee you I can take a shitty picture with any camera. <laughs> <laughs> do, you get, do you get caught up in uh, digital trash building up? Do you, uh, basically, I'm asking, do you... Erase pictures or all you the time. save them all. You do. Yeah. No, no, no. I erase them. If I don't like it, I just get rid of it. 
Yeah. Stresses me out, actually, because that's a lot of fucking stuff to consider, obviously. Well, I'll go through them when I take them. I go, that one's bad, 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 gone, 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 gone. I like this one. I like this one. Done. And then they're gone. I don't have to worry about it again. I got what I wanted. And I'm good. I don't need 500 pictures of the same thing. Not at all. And then people have said stuff to me. Well, like, yeah, I don't think you could. Maybe you're not a pro photographer. And then uh, Revolver gave me the opportunity to do a cover shoot the cover of Mike Patton on the cover of for Revolver, and I did it perfectly, and, and I think it proved, yes, I can do this. <laughs> and so shut up. <laughs> you know, I took a totally great picture with with my little camera, and it, work, it looks good. It's it's how you do it. It's not, uh, you know, it's a person taking the picture. Right. But I love photography. I just love it. I love it. Now, as far as, like, am I a tech head when it comes to all of that stuff? No. No, I just dick around until I find something I like, and that's good enough. That's how I am with the guitar, too, you know? Same thing. That was something in the, in the uh, I think it was the first Melvin's TV. You talk a, quite a bit about guitar playing. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was really cool. It, it, and me as a, um, I don't know what level of guitar playing I am, but it's low, I guess, maybe, measurably low. But it was, it was, uh to say the least, inspiring to hear how you described guitar playing from a highly experienced person to someone who's just starting. Uh, I can't remember exactly what I said, but I think it was along the lines of um, technical ability has little to do with making music. Yes. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. You know, I, I would agree with that wholeheartedly, you know. And and just as time went on, I realized, you know, why people don't, when you're learning to play, because I, I, I tell people, I go, you don't play guitar, I can have you playing guitar in 10 minutes. Five minutes, you know, maybe less. Mm -hmm. I have you playing guitar. No way, I've never played guitar. I can, I can do it. I can yeah. show you exactly how to do it. Hand him an open E guitar, guitar tuned to open E. Now put your finger across it, hit it. Now move it down, hit it. You're playing guitar. That's you know? what it was. My, my acoustic guitar has been tuned to open E since that first episode. Right. That's Why what it was. Why don't people it's do that? It's coming back to me. And I fucking you know? play the guitar every day. Right. Yeah. Um, sorry, my dog's barking. Um, okay. uh, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I don't understand. Why Why do you have to make things complicated? You know, it's because musicians and, and, and guitar players and they're, they're the most conservative people on the face of the planet. It makes no sense to me. <laughs> so right. why do I have to do this? No, you have to play it this way. I don't have to do anything. You know, it's like, it's like, I can't remember if I talked about this too, but I've always thought it was really funny that in a lot of circles, somebody like Jimi Hendrix is considered the best guitar player ever, mm -hmm. right? But yeah. if you look at his technique and what he does, there is not one single thing that he does that any guitar teacher would ever teach you to do. Right. But he's the best. <laughs> right. it's like, what are you talking about? You know, he plays a guitar strung, a left hand, right handed guitar strung, left handed. He plays uh, so it's upside down, but the guitar, you know, the strings are right. But he's playing this, you know, a strat usually upside down with a hand, thumb over the top. Everything is wrong. But he's the best. But so if he's the best, why don't they teach people more about how to do it that way? Because they're idiots. <laughs> they want to complicate things into a mess. It's stifling your ability to be creative. You know, which I think is just, it's just, it's a travesty. Right. <laughs> you know, really. Now yeah, your guitar's an open E. It's like, it's great. It's, it's, it's perfect. I, I do all kinds of tunings. Once that stuff was opened up to me, that world was opened up to me, I discovered all kinds of tunings that I want to play in. 
That's been 30 plus years. Drop D was just the beginning. I have other ones that are really weird. Like most of the Lysol record is in really weird tuning. The song Lysol is in a very strange tuning of my own design. And uh, it makes it to where it's hard to, for people to figure out what it is. Even they can try to kind of play it, but unless you know what tuning it is, it's kind of makes it way more difficult. And I don't, I don't really care to measure myself against other guitar players along the guitar player magazine style way of doing it. And I just don't, I don't have any interest because there's lots of guitar players out there that I think are super good that you never hear anybody say a word about like John Spencer. You know, I think John Spencer is one of the, my favorite guitar players ever. Do you, do you ever hear anybody talk about him being a uh, hushed guitar to, you know, speak about how great somebody is? Never, you know, but I would have, rather play like him than almost than most people out there. It's because I just like the way he does it. I like how he approaches it, how he fits it into his playing and his singing, and all of it is really cool. You don't have to be Eddie Van Halen as much as I appreciate that stuff. None of that kind of thing ever interests me. I don't practice that stuff because I will never play it. And if I don't practice it, I never can play it. Good. (laughs) (laughs) Why? I mean, it's the same like like a, a buddy of mine who I play golf with, he, he's like, don't practice stuff in golf that you're never going to do. Right. Don't practice that shot. You're never going to hit that shot. What are you doing? Don't waste your time. Right. I don't want to play like all these speed weenie guitar players. I don't want to play like that. So I don't, I'm not going to worry myself over it. You know, it's just, it's a, it's a, it's a thing for me to do that is a vehicle for me to write songs and be in a band and make music with beyond that. I have little or no interest. Right. And it sounds like you're, you know, you largely apply this philosophy to golf. How is, yes. how's your golf game going? Oh, I'm single digit handicap. So it's all good. All right. Yeah. Not bad. Love golf. I love it. It's a perfect thing for me. Cause musicians, as you know, generally they're people of the great indoors. Mm-hmm. And so it uh, gets you outside, gets you playing a game. It's sol- solitary. Um, I golf pretty much through the whole pandemic because it's, basically social distancing in and of itself. So uh, um, it was a lifesaver for me, but I love it. People think, oh, you know, you're playing country clubs. I don't play at fucking country clubs. I hate those people. (laughs) I play where normal people play and I'm the weirdest person there. (laughs) Do you ever play in any tournaments? I have played tournaments, yeah. I played one recently, I did pretty good in, and then I played, those are all amateur level, you know, but um, but uh, it's great to, to put yourself up against other people in a, in a, with PGA style rules and guys that are really into it and good. And of course we're not playing on the same courses that the pros play on, but uh, still, it's like you go to a golf course, you shoot somewhere in the high 70s or low 80s and, and you follow the rules every step of the way and do nothing you know, no, no gimmies, no, no mulligans. Uh, and it, that's pretty, it's pretty good for most people, you know. The game of golf, you can go pro at any age. It's not necessarily yes. a young, young man's game, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Well, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not anywhere close to that. So, you know. Yeah. But Uh-oh. you can, you know, anytime I, you can go pro. Yeah. I could. Yeah. I like measuring myself against other golfers when, in a tournament and stuff like that. But uh, beyond that, um, I just love doing it. I like the fact that it's not a team sport, so I can just go and play with whoever I want. And, you know, whether they know me or not, you get teamed up with whoever. I meet a wide variety of people doing it, most of which seriously underestimate my golf game until I get out there and start kicking their butt. Then they uh, uh, have to reevaluate the fact that not only are they getting beat, but they're getting beat by some freak. <laughs> I've been having the same experience playing pickleball regionally. I like pickleball, it's fun. 
Yeah, I also like tennis too, but I don't get to get to play either one as much because it's more of a team thing. Yeah, but you're just going. You're just going and playing. Your band members don't don't play. They play tennis. Okay, and they kind of make fun of me lightheartedly for playing pickleball instead of tennis. But it, it seems too tough for me. Pickleball is more fun. I played I played tennis when I was in high school. Um, well, I played in ninth grade, and I was a, a varsity letterman in ninth grade as a tennis player. Oh God. So you, you have know, the fundamentals. I just played. That was the only year I ever played. I just picked it up that year, and I was went undefeated the whole season. You know. Wow. I really like tennis. It's really fun. Yeah. My whole philosophy when I started playing was just return it. Don't worry about hitting an ace shot. Just return it and let them screw it up. Yeah. That's, I heard Jimmy Connors call it a boxing at sixty feet. You know. Yeah. You know, which is about right. But I think if you dumb it down and you think about the simpler ways of doing stuff, I think that's lost in almost all areas. Golf, guitar playing, drumming, you know, that's just how it goes. Yeah. So, again, you said you're going next year, 22. You've, you've got these shows with ministry, hopefully. Yeah, there's some shows with ministry, yeah. hopefully, I hope. That would yeah. be great. And I'm sure we'll do more stuff after that. Um, in the meantime, we have this uh, – Acoustic record. I think you've heard some of it. Yeah. I'd like to actually play a, a version of Honey Bucket. Oh, yeah, yeah. Acoustic version of Honey Bucket. It worked out good. Yeah. Sounds great. All right. Here, I'm going to play the tune. Here it goes. Okay. 
I like that version for sure. Yeah, it came out great. Yeah. yeah. Um, before I forget, I want to talk about how you made this record, but yeah. One of my favorite Melvin shows was at I believe Cellophane. Yeah, it was Cellophane Square, and you got you didn't play acoustic, but you played a small amp, and uh, Dale played the the shellless drum oh, yeah, kit, yeah. and um, I think it was probably Stoner Witch time. Yeah, that was one of my fucking favorite shows ever. It sounded amazing. Yeah, quiet playing quieter. Yeah, it doesn't really matter how how we do it. Well, well, back to uh, Five Legged Dog. You you did this all in your studio. Did you do it live together? No. We what no. we would do is um we we don't really have isolation rooms other than the drum room. So so what what I would do is I would stand in the um, control room or off to off the control room where I can see Dale through a doorway um, with a glass doorway, and um, then I would play my acoustic guitar through a microphone that he could hear in his headphones. And then I would do a scratch ver- scratch guitar track. I think we might have used the scratch guitar track once or twice. But then um, um, we would just get the drums down and play along to get the drums down and then overdub the rest of it. It sounds live. It sounds like you guys played it to get live to me. Yeah. But it cer- might be the nature could. of the instruments. Yeah, we certainly could do that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I just find it a little more uh, um, time time effective if we don't um if we're only concentrating on one thing at a time yeah but we worked really hard on getting it all to sound good and it's all might like i wasn't running through an amp or anything like that you know just straight into the microphone and uh where we really spent a lot of time was on the vocals um we figured the vocals were gonna have to carry this record a lot because there's not distorted anything that you can hide behind so the vocals came out good those guys are good singers and um it all works really well together. The vocals is not something anybody ever talks about with us, which I yeah. think is it's kind of strange considering how accomplished those guys are and how accomplished it has always has sounded for a long time. Do you all three sing on um, the Fred Neal cover? Everybody's talking. Um, that's Pincus doing the main vocal. Uh-huh. And then I'm doing, let me think, I'm doing a low vocal along with him. Um, most of it, and then Stephen and Dale do uh, the backups on the harmony parts. Yeah. Okay, but they're really good at coming up with harmonies. I'm not good at coming up with harmonies. What I'm good at is if you tell, show me what the harmony is, I can sing it. You know what I mean? But me coming up with it, I'm not good at coming up with it. Whereas Dale and Stephen are very good at coming up with harmonies. Not me though. And did you? Do, I mean, it's over two hours. As you two said. and a half hours. Yeah, two and a half hours. <laughs> um, Time wise, was it close in proximity? Did you record it like over the course of a week or did you? No, it's probably about uh, not every single day, but over the course of about three weeks, probably. And yeah. what, what would work is I'd come in with one or two songs a day and go, I think we could do this on acoustic. And then we would square it away a little bit and uh, hope mostly with just me and Dale getting it down. And then Stephen would study it while we were recording our parts and, and some of the songs we had played with him and some we hadn't. So he kind of knew what he wanted to do on the ones that we'd already played. And then, but with guys like that, I mean, I mean, you know how it is. When you get guys that are that accomplished, it doesn't, you don't really have to flog it that long before you get a pretty good take. You know? Yeah. You know, they're they're going to be able to nail something pretty quickly. One of the things that got me excited about um, playing stuff acoustically, I did an acoustic record a while ago and I did a new one this last year. 
but uh, um, was Pete Townsend. I saw this, had this record that he did maybe in the early 80s, this record called The Secret Policeman's Ball, where he played live versions of uh, Won't Get Fooled Again, Drown, and Pinball Wizard on acoustic. And it was so good. It's just him yeah. singing and playing. And I was like, oh, my God, Won't Get Fooled Again, which is one of my favorite songs. You hear him playing that on acoustic. I'm sure you can find it if you look look for it online. But you hear him playing it on acoustic. I think it might be somebody playing along with him, too. But he does Pinball Wizard and those two songs. You hear it. And I realized then that it's the songs that are good. It doesn't matter how he does it. You know, these songs are good. That's my that was my inspiration. I can make this work. I don't have to sound like James Taylor or countrified stuff. I can play Melvin songs and they'll be just as good. You know, I can make it work. And and that was kind of our my it was my realization that I could be okay with playing an acoustic guitar without sounding like, you know, some folk version of something else, which I never wanted to do. I wanted to still be me. Yeah. Well, I was gonna ask you about any new music or old new music that uh, you may want to share with people, but it's that record I've never even heard of them. It was a, it was a live show called Secret Policeman's Ball. I believe it was a I can't remember exactly when it came out, but I got I've had it I had it for a long time. The reason I got it was because I was such a big Who fan, and it was Pete Townsend playing three songs on acoustic, and I really wanted to hear it. Yeah, and so I got it, and I, I've never forgot it. I'm sure you can find it online. It's really it good. It's just like, I just think he's phenomenal. I've, he's my favorite. It has always been my favorite. And I think that they were the most impressive live band from the 60s by far. Mm-hmm. I think they ushered in a level of musical savagery that had never been heard before. And were certainly not peace and love. But their pop sensibilities and their artistic flair for both their record covers and the way that they carried themselves was very attractive to me. It still is. Yeah. I'm going to check this record. That sounds good. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I'm going to let you go. I have one more question right, before man. I do, though. Uh, yeah. What are you most looking forward to in the next year? Um, I'm hoping for some sense of normalcy to come back. Um, this is the weirdest thing I've ever lived through. I'm sure it is for you, too. Yeah. I'm looking forward to uh, getting back to work as much as I can. I'm used to recording during the winter and playing shows during the summer writing songs and, and making music in the studio and then recording, putting out those records and starting a tour in the spring through the entire summer months to the end of the fall and then doing the whole thing again. Um, that's what I'm used to doing. Yeah. That's what I want to do. That's what I, and uh, I want to get back to that as much as I can. I mean, I don't know, you know, no, there's obviously playing live and things like that and making music is not an infinite thing. Um, I, I, I hope I can do it as long as I can. Um, but there was a skateboarder that I, that, uh, I thought he said, you know, you know, when it's time to retire, when a e- either a don't want to do it anymore or B nobody cares. Right. <laughs> you know? So, so I've always thought that when that happens, you know, I want to be ready for it and, uh, 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 live my life accordingly. Yeah. All right. Well, um, thanks for your time. Been good thank to talk you. to you. Thank you. Thank you. Always a pleasure. I hope to see you in person somewhere on a uh, maybe a golf course. I, I would love to play golf with you. It'd be really fun. Yeah, well, um, I feel uh, like I'm going to have to come down. I'm so into pickleball now. I'm going to have to come down to L.A. where the weather is more fair. Well, you know, Dale's massive pickleball guy. No. Yeah, he oh loves God. pickleball. He's Mister Pickleball. Him and I his had wife. No idea. Yeah, they're both pickleball nuts, and and his wife is a really good tennis player too. I knew that, yeah. Really good, yeah. All right, man. Well, thanks so much. Yeah, thank you very much, and uh, I'll talk to you soon, or at least see you soon somewhere. 
Thank you for the interest. Yeah, of I course. I really appreciate it. All right, talk to you later. All right, take it easy. Bye. Yeah, bye.